Hi, I'm Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at the Yakima Vineyard. Nine weeks ago, we started talking about our response as followers of Jesus to the COVID-19 pandemic. We've tracked our reach uh, of this uh, virus statistically since it started. Dusty reported some hard numbers just a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, the numbers since then have nearly doubled. Um, this doesn't appear to be a short-term or seasonal virus. It's likely going to be with us for some time. We're going through the governor's four-phased approach to open the state uh, up for business, but that's contingent on the progress of the virus. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a bit anxious, um, a little bit vulnerable, so I'm guessing some of you are as well. Dusty had a word for us a couple of weeks ago, and I'd like to repeat it uh, because I think it's relevant uh, in this uh, context. There is coming an increase of pain and angst, both in the world and in the church. Family member will be pitted against family member. There will be strife and conflict between nations and locally. Those of us who follow Jesus need to remember to embody the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Additionally, we need to fully embrace the spirit of grace, mercy, and above all, forgiveness. Uh, there will be slander and accusations flying all around us in the coming season. Untruth and manipulation will carry some to temporary victory. God would ask us, however, to remember what Jesus said in Mark 8.6. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? We're in a tough season. Things appear to be getting uh, more difficult. Uh, pain, angst, strife, and conflict are ever-present. Uh, we can see things are becoming increasingly polarized and fractured. Slander, accusations, untruth, and manipulation are already all around us. We can get caught up in the world, or we can uh, focus on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, I, I think we have to decide how we're going to process through this season, and we have to make a good decision. So we're going to change course a little bit this week and we're going to start a three-week series on the book of Daniel. Now, those of you familiar with the book of Daniel will think about trying to cover this book in three weeks is a tall order. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think we're going to go through this uh, in a way that uh, it works for the time that we have. It'll be a, a, a kind of a high-level overview. Um, it's amazing about this one indivi individual, Daniel, um, it's incredible that so much could happen in one person's lifetime. Uh, we think about our current circumstances and all the things that are going on and with the uptrend in this virus and the crazy things, but uh, wait until we take a look at what Daniel went through in his life. <clears throat> Before we do that, I want to get a real quick overview uh, through the Old Testament to bring us into the context of where uh, this narrative of Daniel begins. So first creation, man quickly uh, became disobedient and it went from bad to worse until God was sorry he created man. Noah, whom he found favor uh, with, saved, was saved in the flood. Uh, then came the Tower of Babel. And this came after repeated disobedience in order to divide and separate the people with many languages as they rebelled. We see the series uh, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob where God introduced the permanent covenant. Uh, there was blessings for obedience and curses for not obeying. Uh, then Jacob's sons, who would later become the 12 tribes of Israel, 
sold their younger brother Joseph into slavery uh, when they were young. Uh, God turned what was meant for harm, uh, though, to good. And as he became the vice regent of Potiphar's house and uh, through his position um, and a, a lot of forgiveness delivered Israel from famine. Um, uh, but they eventually became enslaved for 430 years in Egypt. Moses came and said, let my people go. And 12 plagues later, he was they were, um, Israel was released. But once again, failed to listen and obey. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years when Joshua finally brought them into the promised land. Uh, because of their ongoing lack of faith and disobedience, God raised up judges. But after each passed, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Samuel was the last judge, but he was also a prophet. And although he warned them, they did not listen. Then he brought up kings um, uh, because Israel wanted to be like all the other nations. Saul became the first king. He chose sacrifice over obedience. He really didn't have much of a heart for God. Then came David, who was wholehearted, um, had much faith and built the permanent dwelling place of God in Jerusalem, the city of David. Um, he was not a perfect man, but he had a whole heart for God. And Solomon was the third king, and he was uh, half-hearted. Uh, he started off great, uh, brought the ark uh, to the temple which he built, and the glory of the Lord filled it. Uh, later, however, uh, Solomon uh, disobeyed and uh, uh, married foreign wives. Um, Solomon died and the kingdom was torn in two, so now it was a divided kingdom. Uh, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin formed the southern kingdom, uh, their capital Jerusalem. The remaining ten tribes formed the northern kingdom, uh, their capital was Samaria. The northern kingdom immediately began worshiping idols, so in 722 BC the Assyrians took them captive. Although the southern kingdom was repeatedly warned by the prophets of God that they would go into captivity, they did not repent of their disobedience and idolatry, the same would happen to them. In 605 BC, just before Nebuchadnezzar became king, he attacked Jerusalem, took the king and some of the nobles into captivity. Among them was Daniel. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we just pray that uh, uh, as we study this book and go through so much material in such a brief time, Lord God, that you would enlighten us with uh, uh, all that you intend. Lord, that we would take uh, all of the, the rich wealth that you give us from your word and that it would be uh, useful uh, to us in our, in our current day, that we would be able to embrace your, your uh, story, Lord God, and that uh, um, we would be able to um, uh, come to a place where uh, we can handle the difficult times that we're in as well. Uh, Lord, you've been so faithful uh, through so much, and so we just give you this day uh, to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so in uh, chapter 1, this was the third year of King Jehoiakim's uh, reign, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, besieged Jerusalem. Um, he took some of the vessels of the house of God. Uh, then he took some of the people both the royal family and the nobility, youth without blemish, of good appearance, uh, of skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace. 
These youth were uh, taken to the king's uh, palace to learn literature and language uh, of the Chaldeans. There was a three-year structured course that they had to go through. Among these youth was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, uh, and Azariah uh, of the tribe of Judah. Their names were changed to Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food or wine, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion. So let's kind of structure this a little bit. Daniel is from uh, David's royal uh, lineage. For hundreds of years, the descendants of David had been on the throne in Jerusalem. Uh, there was one exception, but we won't go into that now. Perhaps Nebuchadnezzar uh, assumes uh, Jerusalem's leaders won't give him too much trouble as he's uh, uh, taken this uh, city um, because he's uh, treating these uh, royal uh, uh, people uh, with this high-profile hostage type of environment. Um, he's, they're living well, they're in a, a good place, um, and they've got this incredible uh, uh, place to stay and food to eat. Uh, but Daniel um, uh, did not want to defile himself um, in th this way with eating their food and so forth. And so there was uh, this um, determination that he had uh, to uh, stay consistent with his faith. And um, uh, he was um, known for uh, his faithfulness. and. Um, his wisdom and intelligence were, uh, were, were known uh, everywhere. Um, in fact, as they went through this course, uh, Daniel and his friends were found to be 10 times wiser than all the experienced magicians and enchanters in the kingdom. Uh, so these uh, four youth, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and to Daniel he gave understanding uh, in all dreams and visions. In chapter two, we see Nebuchadnezzar in the second year of his reign had dreams. Now well, he was troubled and sleep left him. So he summoned the magicians, enchanters, and sorcerers, Chaldeans, uh, to tell the king uh, what his dream was. Uh, he threatened them harshly if they could not, but spoke of great reward if they could. Now it should be understood here uh, that this harsh threatening that was going on was uh, tearing them limb from limb, so it was fairly serious. Uh, Daniel went to his friends for prayer um, and uh, asked for God's mercy. Only Daniel could provide the solution, but not of his own ability. It was, uh, uh, but his God's, and he made that clear to the king. It was God through Daniel who told the king his dream. Um, so again, Daniel's righteousness was legendary. Um, it was referred to in Ezekiel, uh, by the way, in chapter 14, verses 12 through 23. Unlike practically every other character in the Bible, nothing is ever said bad about Daniel. That it, nothing that's negative or contrary at all. Now, about this dream. Um, when someone gets a kind of a weird dream, uh, there are three ways that it can be interpreted. You either figure it out yourself, you get someone else to explain it for you, or you ask some, uh, someone that's in the dream uh, to explain it. And so uh, we'll see a little bit of um, uh, how uh, uh, he asks, or Daniel asks God uh, to uh, help explain a dream or tell him what the dream is. 
And sometimes he's actually going to ask somebody in the dream to explain it as well. We'll see examples of that later. It was a bright and fearsome image um, that King Nebuchadnezzar uh, had in his dream. Um, and so there was a head of gold, chests of arms and silver. The middle and thighs were made of bronze, legs of iron, feet partly of iron, partly of clay. Um, so as Daniel is reciting this dream, remember that the king hasn't told him what the dream is and he's interpreting it. Rather, Daniel is actually telling him what the dream was. And it goes on, as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image uh, on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold, all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole uh, earth. Um, this, uh, going, let's, let's just take a look. Um, I, I'm going to read from verse 36. Uh, this was a dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the might, and the glory, and into whose hands he has given everything, uh, given everywhere they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of uh, the heavens, making you rule over them. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you will arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which uh, shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, uh, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. Verse 41, and as you saw the feet and the toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle, as you saw the iron mixed with uh, soft clay. So they uh, will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. This final kingdom will not be destroyed and replaced. It will last forever. Now, uh, I've, uh, I've talked about uh, these kingdoms, uh, the gold kingdom being Babylon. That's actually referenced right there in, in scripture. And so is the Medo-Persian. And um, the uh, Greco-Macedonian uh, came next in uh, the, the thinking theologically here at the end, the legs of iron, the fourth kingdom uh, is Rome. <clears throat> so um, if you uh, look at this, in the days of those uh, kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. And it shall stand forever, just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the clay, uh, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has uh, made known to the king what shall uh, uh, be after this. 
the dream is certain and its interpretation sure. Well, if you compare this um, with 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 20 through 25, I'm going to read this. Um, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, also, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom uh, to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. Also 2 Corinthians 5, 1, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made of hand, with hands, eternal in heavens. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. This final kingdom will not be destroyed or replaced. It will last forever. So what happens next? Um, obviously Nebuchadnezzar is thrilled. Um, Daniel has accurately portrayed what the dream was. So he promoted Daniel. Uh, he said, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and a revealer of mysteries. He gave Daniel high honors and great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. At Daniel's request, he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, over the affairs of Babylon. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar um, then decided that um, uh, he would erect this monument. Um, right after he had told uh, Daniel that his God was God of gods and Lord of lords, um, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews uh, the king had appointed over the affairs of the province uh, who were not worshiping his gods, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the idea was uh, that um, everybody at the sound of uh, these musical instruments listed here uh, were supposed to worship this image. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not. The king called them into account and they said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship your golden image that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was obviously filled with fury. Uh, he turned the furnace up seven times hotter. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound in their cloaks, tunics, hats, and other garments, and were thrown into the fiery furnace. The fire was so hot, in fact, that it killed uh, the men who threw them in. But Nebuchadnezzar, um, as he watched this display take place, uh, was astonished when he looked to see uh, not three, but four who were all unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they were not hurt and their appearance of the fourth was like sons of gods. 
Um, the, the king also, with the satraps, prefects, and governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies. Uh, the hair of their heads was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed. Uh, not even the smell of fire had come upon them. So Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and this sounds like a repeat of something we just heard, said, Blessed be God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in them and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship their God except their own God. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their uh, houses laid in ruins for there is no other God who is able to rescue them in this way. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This was the second time Nebuchadnezzar had shown this, uh, was shown this miraculous power of God and proclaimed him to be the one true God. This same God, uh, Lord of Lords, is our God. Um, He's faithfully loved us and taken care of us through his mercy and his compassion, his demonstration of his power and his promise of hope. Generation after generation after generation, he has proven his faithfulness to us. Uh, this love um, that he offers us is a free gift. There's nothing we can do to earn this gift. Um, all he asks is, is our faithfulness. Um, so we're in a difficult season. We're in a difficult time such as this. The question is, how will we respond? Will we get caught up um, in, um, uh, in the frantic of, of uh, being stressed and, and full of anxiety, speak out in ways that are harmful uh, to others and to ourselves? Or will we uh, work in the fruit of the Spirit and reside there? It's a choice we have to make. Thank you.